Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram or on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. So thank you, everyone, for listening in. I appreciate the support. If you like what you hear, please share the episode, pass it on, give it a good review, share, and put comments on there. It helps the entrepreneurs that are on here. The more shares and likes we get on their individual episodes, the more they get heard, the better they do, and the more their message has impact after being on the show. So that being said, I, I'm very happy to introduce our guest, uh, Joseph Milner of AJ's Brothers Lemonade. How are you doing today? I'm well. Uh, thank you for the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've been playing a little bit of a chase. Um, I think you were sick for a while, and that actually, I think I was sick first, and then you were sick for a while, and we've sort of just been playing, um, trying to get on the episode. So I'm glad we're finally on, Joseph, for sure. Um, yeah, feeling much better. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm glad you're doing better, obviously. And so, um, Tell us your story. Like, let's talk about where your entrepreneurial journey start. How did you get into lemonade? And sort of, you know, let's let's at least start paving the way of your story. Okay. Um, well, I think uh, I've always been interested in business um, since I was a little kid. Uh, I think uh, probably my first uh, crack at it was elementary school. You know, my uh, I would get those uh, those large bags of candy from from Mexico, the the uh, sour um, lollipops, and I'd sell those at school for change. Um, as I got a little older, then it it turned into my dad being able to. Uh, uh, he was my baseball coach, so he had the connection to get the baseball candy, and uh, you know, I would just. I would sell that in, in front of all American or Home Depot on the weekends, um, save my money. So I've always been interested in selling and and all that. But, uh, you know, as I grew up, I, you know, I got more involved with sports. And then I I went and joined the, uh, the Coast Guard right after high school. Um, and, you know, I was there for about seven years. Um and I didn't really start back with any kind of business aspirations until after that. Now, of course, I always had my mind on, you know, thinking different ideas to make make money, little side hustles. But but it, it really didn't, you know, start until until I got out of the service. So let's back up for a second. Let's go back to the that that burning desire to make money and the the ice cream. I mean, the ice cream, the candy bars. I don't know why I said that. And um, so talk to me about that. Like, what is what was that burning desire? I mean, what was it inside you as a kid that, you know, you obviously had to convince your parents to drive you to those places as well? Well, so as, as we have our discussion here, I'm going to make reference to, to my mom a lot. Um, just a little background. She's my stepmom. I was raised by my stepmom and my, and my dad. Um, from a very young age, but when I, you know, she's my mom, she raised me. So, um, you know, my, both of my parents had, you know, traditional jobs growing up. Uh, they always worked very hard. Um, you know, my dad worked in sales. Um, but you know, at some point in middle school, my, my mom, she got her whole division at her job, you know, after 10 years or plus, uh, got got let go everybody um and through that you know she she didn't want to work for anybody anymore because of how traumatizing that was for her um i didn't she had no plans on leaving the job or you know and uh i know she was interested in business as a kid because her uncle was in business but uh that was really the catalyst for her and um yeah i know she she got gathered up all her savings and and um, and she purchased a franchise, and that was you know middle school time. And uh, you know throughout the years, I really just seen a lot of struggle, a lot of frustration, a lot of a lot of hard work. Um, then I went off to the military and 
and uh, came back after a while and still saw that hard work and and stress and struggle uh, but glad to say that it, it, it paid off for her um, she's doing really well the business is doing well and um, you know she's able to do things that that wouldn't have been possible with the nine to five um, so that's really a big motivator for me is, is seeing the, the process that she went through really from from ground zero to where she's at now um, has really been a, a big motivator for me. Yeah, and I've, um, I, I can relate to that. I've watched my parents struggle um, in businesses um, and um, I've built businesses with family members and and struggled in those relationships as well and, and watched a lot of suffering and stuff. You know, um, yeah. one of the things that I do say though um, that I that I know now is that we have the ability to learn from our parents at such a great level and it's just a compounding effect. And I think what you're talking about is the motivation and whether our parents realize it or not, their hardships and their sacrifices and ours will be the same to our children. Our hardships are, are things if we actually allow them to be lessons and we keep living them with our head up and show that in the end there is benefits and there are rewards and there are trophies and there is a good life potentially um it will motivate us and for whatever reason that stuff compounds into next generations we just become better entrepreneurs we become more efficient we don't want the same struggles so we look at things differently and that's not one way or another it's just we got to learn the business from our parents at a younger age i think um in this case as, as you're talking about so what uh, the you know we can talk about the military because I think there's a lot of probably values and leadership skills you probably learn there. Um, I'm not sure, but we can reference back to that because I think while maybe you weren't being an entrepreneur, you were still being an entrepreneur in gathering structure and leadership skills. So, I mean, I would like to talk about that a little bit, but that's up to you. Um, yeah, yeah, we could talk about it. I, um, you know, well, well, just briefly as. Uh, you know, as I was talking about my mom there, um, and as you were saying how we, we learn from them and we, we make adjustments, one thing that's been difficult for me as I try to model myself after her is is she really has the, the strongest work ethic than anyone I've ever met in my life. Um, she, uh, you know, my my mom, my, she, she came over to the U.S. when she was young, probably eight years old, maybe nine. Uh, Cuban refugee. So the amount of work and the amount of just diligence and perseverance, even in the midst of death and and difficulty and and hardships, everything. There's never been an excuse. Just you just get up and you go to work, and uh, that's hard. You know, it's hard to to model yourself after after that. But uh, it definitely is motivating. Um, so I just wanted to give her that last little bit of shout out. Um, Absolutely. Um, but as far as my, you know, my military service, I, I, you know, I, my grandpa, he was in the, he was in the Navy in World War II. So I guess that kind of, uh, he didn't serve for very long. I think um, his war story was, was uh, he was stationed in San Francisco uh, just before um, the bomb was dropped in Japan. So if that didn't happen, I he would have got deployed to um, to theater. But you know that kind of kept him out of it. So he didn't, you know, he didn't have a lot of military stories. But that kind of that kind of sparked the interest. And then of course, you know, I'm 36, turning 36 here soon. So 9/11 happened when I was a freshman in high school, and. Um, I always had this desire even prior to 9-11 to, to give service, to give back. It felt felt like something that I needed to do, um, that I wanted to do, give back in some kind of capacity. Um, but after 9-11, you know, really just the recruiting came to my high school and, and a, lot of my, a lot of my friends started joining the service. Uh, of course, a lot of the football players and and wrestlers, they they went and they joined the service, and and it was just something we all felt obligated to do. Um, so that kind of sh- striked my interest. Um, 
I ended up with the Coast Guard. I, I, I was going to join the Marines. I was close. I was joining, I was doing the paperwork. Um, I felt a little hesitant because of how, um, how much I felt the recruiter was just trying to sell to me. He would show up at my house and try to take me to dinner or lunches and just kept selling and selling. And, and, uh, it kind of made me a little apprehensive. Uh, my dad's, um, his boss at the time at his job was prior Coast Guard and he told me to go check it out. And, and all I needed to do was talk to the recruiter once. He basically said, Hey man, I'm not going to ever try to force you to do this. If you want to do it, you're going to join up. I'm never going to call you and push you or, or none of that. You're going to have to do all the work if you want to get in. I don't need you. I don't have a quota. So that really, uh, that sounded more interesting to me. And, I um, agree with that actually 100% as a lifestyle thing as well. It's interesting because I think the best salespeople actually build relationships and help you grow into a better company or a better person. That's what makes them good salespeople. They actually add value uh, to you and to your business or to whatever you're doing. So I like that a lot. Go on. Um, right. So, so you know, my first, my first uh, after boot camp, um, I was stationed on a ship and... Uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, um, being from LA County, I, I wanted to kind of experience travel. So I, I asked to be, you know, placed as far as possible on the other side of the country. I was hoping for New York, although I've never been there. Um, they landed me in Boston, which, uh, ended up being great, great town. Loved it there. Um, yeah, I was on a ship for a little over two years. Um, and you know, while you're there, you know, you have to you have to choose a job to get rated in. To you can either do on the job training or you can wait your time and go to school. Um, so as I made my way around the boat and and on the ship and saw different uh, jobs that would be available to me, um, the one that always was more in, most interesting to me was the corpsman. It was the it was basically the the doctor on the ship. Although they don't have doctor training, they're the only medical uh, guy on the boat and, uh, he had his own office and kind of ran his own schedule. So that, that was appealing to me. Um, got to work with him a little bit and, and, and see what the job was about. So I, I waited my time until I went to school. Um, and anyways, how this relates to food, I guess, is, is after, after I went to Corman school, um, and I got on my second ship, uh, in Alameda, uh, near San Francisco, um, we didn't have to stand watch as a corpsman because we were kind of 24 hours in case someone got sick or hurt. Uh, so I had more free time and, and I would spend my time with the cooks on the ship. Uh, sometimes I would go help them prep some food or, or cook sometimes, or I was also responsible for doing their inspections. Um, so really, I mean, I, I was interested in food as a little kid, but that kind of brought me back to it. And, uh, you know, I, I really did enjoy my time working with those folks. Um, so. So let's connect a few things here. So, like, I want to connect, like, go back to your stepmom. And I want to talk about core values or morals and ethics or leadership skills. Like, if you could take some things that you learned from her um, – and you know or from the military what are those ex like what made you what made you a better person from those experiences i would say leading up to forming your own business because there's certain characteristics and skills and character traits that are being instilled in you right now correct yeah definitely um the first thing that that stands out in my mind was when i was on my first ship at a in the service and um and I just remember, like, uh, we would get inspected after cleaning, you know, our duty. Okay, clean the, clean the this part of the ship, and and then they'll go inspect it after. And we would spend hours and hours and hours, and, and really just we wanted to make our superiors happy, and we wanted to do a good job, and and uh, and sometimes. I mean, if they found like a little piece of paper or, or something that we overlooked, I mean, it was just a big thing, like screaming, throwing, yelling, more punishment. And uh, I got to see that those kind of leadership styles 
and then I seen other ones where the same work was getting done, but their approach was different. And and really, I used to think like, man, like if you just asked me nicely, or 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 explain to me why this was important, I I would do anything for you. But uh, the way you're treating us, you know, I, I I barely want to lift a finger. And that always kind of stuck with me, like, you know, as a leader, you know, first and foremost, you lead by example. Uh, the leaders that I had that would get down and, and clean with us and show us how to how to paint appropriately or how to handle lines or when they did it with, excuse me, when they did it with us, we had way more respect with them and, and we worked harder. And and I noticed that morale was higher and, and there was less complaining. And Even you probably got was, a lot of respect by working alongside the people in the food service on the ship, which is often, I think, probably the lowest position on the ship. Well, yeah, and 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 when you're when you're first on the ship, you know, part of your duty is is uh, mess cooking. So they have you washing the dishes for those guys. So it's. You know, we, we did work closely with them, and it's just, it's really just, uh, you want your leaders to work harder than you, I think. <laughs> if uh, if you feel like there's any kind of taking advantage or anything like that, like, it's going to kill morale. Um, and that's one thing with my mom. No one can ever say that she doesn't work harder than everyone in the room, you know, and that, I think that makes, that's, that was one of the things that helped her business. A lot of her um you know, she does have some turnover, which is natural, but I know she has a lot of people in her business that have been there from the beginning um, because she's a good leader. She works hard. Absolutely. So let's, like, how did you get into the lemonade business? Like, from the Coast Guard, like, what, like, how did you make that transition? So, <clears throat> excuse me, at the time, I, I was out of the service already. Um and, uh, you know, I, I remember watching, um, an episode of Shark Tank and, um, and one of the, the businesses that, uh, that had got a deal with Mark Cuban was called the painted pretzel. And really what the, what, what the lady was doing is, is dipping the pretzel rods into hardening chocolate and decorating them. And that was able to take her to a deal on Shark Tank. So I wanted to have a an activity I can I can work on with with my boys. They were real young at the time, but you know it was easy. It was cheap. I could buy the chocolate warmer. I could buy the chocolate melts and the pretzel rods, and we can decorate them. And and so we started making those, and we started making some cake pops and uh, other little things, and just kind of selling them, you know, at my at my mom's business or you know, to, to, to her customer or her client, her parents. And, and, um, so then we wanted to, they, we started getting a few sales. So we, we went to the local farmer's market and got all, all the paperwork we needed to sell there. And, and we did that for a while. We did it for maybe a, over a year, um, a year and a half, two years. And, uh, geez, we, I, sometimes I would go and I, I would, I wouldn't make any profit. I, I would go sit the whole time and I would, it cost $40 or so to, to be at the market, $30, $35. And I think I'd make maybe 20, 30. Um, so I, I tried that and, and, uh, and I just kept it going and I, I, I had hoped to build that with them, you know, as our little project on the side, but then COVID happened. COVID happened and then um, we were stuck at home. Uh, the market was closed down at the time temporarily. Um, and, you know, because of everything that was going on with COVID, I, I couldn't sell like these home goods, these home baked goods anymore to people. People weren't, didn't want that. They were real worried about cleanliness. I just stopped getting sales for that. And, it's just a crazy time. Like everything just kind of went to such a s sudden halt. I just, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's just like, I don't even know. Like yeah. still to this day, there's a little bit of like, holy sh crap. Yeah, wow, what the heck just, happened right then? Right. And it's weird that everything's semi back to normal, but 
yeah, if we if we look back how it was, it really was just no one knew what, what was going on and it was day to day. But uh, during the lockdown, my son, one of my sons, he he comes to me, Dad, I, you know, I I, I'd really like a job. I I'd, I'd like to make some extra money. I'd like to I'd like to be able to save and buy some things that I want. And he had the, you know, my boys had their their allowance, daily chores and stuff like that. They'd get a few bucks, but you know, he wanted more. So then I just started thinking, like, okay, like, well, we're doing this this cake pop thing. Um, what else could we do? What could we do that you're more interested in? Because when they would go work the farmer's market with me, they were little. They, they didn't want to sell. They, they were more interested in going in the jumper or running around playing. But this, this gave us an opportunity to really think, like, you know, what – what business could you have? So, so we started thinking and, and what businesses would be good for, for their age group. And that could be doable, low startup cost. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, lemonade was just naturally a part of the list. It was one of a few things you could do with, with kids. And, uh, that is their favorite drink. That's what they order when they go when we go out to dinner. So, um, so yeah, I mean, our, our mind just got stuck on lemonade and because it was the lockdown, um, we got to experiment, <laughs> uh, the experimentation took, took months. We started, the idea started like kind of at the beginning of the lockdown, probably. In, <laughs> I love this. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Probably like March, you know, maybe April, the very beginning, but it was around that time when every when the the juices started flowing and we didn't have our first event until october until like halloween time so we took all those months of experimenting um trying different kinds of lemons uh different different methods of preparing uh what we call our lemon base uh different different sugars different sugar mixtures um and it was tasting good uh the lemonade was was tasting fine, but really I just I was just stuck on like I gotta have the best ingredients. That's what's gonna set us apart. And um, you know, out here in Southern California, where I I live, probably like thirty minutes away from from Riverside, Redlands, and these these are areas known for citrus. Um, you know, oranges, lemons, all that. They have groves and just fields and fields and fields. So we we drove out to Riverside and. And they have these farm stands on the side of the road. And um, that's really where it started because the difference in the taste from a lemon right off the tree, off the farm, is not even comparable to something you could buy at a store. Um, not so even close. Talk about that. So, as you make this transition, like, how are you? gonna figure this out how are you gonna get the lemons you need how are you gonna squeeze it all like well, let's talk about that process so you figured out this catalyst which is i got to go to the the farms basically themselves mm -hmm. or get the fresh freshest lemons and the, ever and the sugar and, the, and sugar, the sugar you know yeah the sugar we use is by far more expensive than the those giant bags of sugar that that you can get but there's a huge difference uh, but as far as scaling up yeah that's that's something that's that's uh you know, been difficult to think about because, you know, for instance, we have, I have currently three different locations where I can get lemons if I need to. Um, but still, even if, if we scale up in the future, I'm going to, I'm going to need a lot more production. So I guess that's, that's something that we're, we're just going to have to come across when it gets there. Um, currently the volume is, I have more than enough than I need. Um, but I know that will change. I'll just have to cross that path when, when we get there. So where, so how did you finally decide on the right formula? Like, let's talk about that. You've done months of experimenting. What was that like for your family? You're obviously, you have a family, your kids are involved, like your wife, like how are you guys figuring out this dynamic? Like you're starting a business, you're about to change your family dynamic even more so. Like, what does that look like? How do those conversations take place? Because you're basically now involving your entire family in a, in a venture, right? 
Right. Well, well, yeah. And at first, it it just uh, it felt like selling lemonade felt like something that I would be a good project to do for the boys, for them to gain some business experience. To you know, they they uh, they they were just naturally quiet boys. Didn't didn't talk so so loud. Uh, a little shy. So I wanted them to get out there and really be able to connect with people and 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 get out of their comfort zone and and just more of a learning thing. But it kind of everything changed with the reception we've received. Um, that's when I started thinking of it being a real thing. Um, oh, just just briefly to touch on that, because you asked, um, you know, how we came across the formulation. You know, of course. If you're thinking of a product like like a food product, you're gonna you're gonna think of your own you know recipes or something that you've done before. But you're gonna look on YouTube, and that's what that's what I did. I went on YouTube and I tried to see what other people were doing making their lemonade, and and we recreated it, and it was okay. Um, but really, what worked was I got on Instagram and I started messaging other people that had lemonade businesses. I said, hey, uh. This is what we'd like to do. Um, not trying to impose or steal your business model or anything, but just maybe you can give us some tips. And people were receptive. Uh, there were quite a few businesses that were willing to share some expertise. Um, and then we landed on one. Uh, this this wonderful lady. She has a um, she has a lemonade company out, and uh, she lives in South Africa. It's called Life Plus Lemons, and she really, you know opened up her arms and, and gave us a lot of a lot of tips on how to prepare. Now, granted, the ingredients we use and the, the ratios we use and all that's our own, um, but a lot of the prepping techniques that we weren't doing and that I didn't even, I didn't see on YouTube anywhere. It just really was was something new to me, and, and we tried her techniques, and it did have a big difference on the taste and in the quality. So, you know, so that, that right there, uh, you know, just the, the, you know, strangers being willing to share their expertise is, is really what pushed us along. Um, so I just want to give her a shout out too, uh, really. But That's awesome that it was seriously a far, uh, like a foreign country that actually is the entrepreneur that reached out to you. And South Africa has got a lot of entrepreneurism growing there, which I like to hear this a lot, actually. Um, Yeah. And so, like, what kind of things, just give us some examples on the things that she really helped you with. And, like, because I think it's important that we understand, like, these mentors and these coaches that sort of come into our lives. So what was she able to give you that you weren't able to get yourself? So I was able to really, the one thing I was doing is, is how we were prepping our, our, uh, our fruits into the lemonade. Uh, there was different methods of extracting, you know, the, the fruit, the, the flavor into the lemonade and, um, and the taste was good. Uh, but really what, what she made a good point was, is, is, Hey, listen, what you're doing is going to taste good, but you're, you're destroying all the nutrients. You're destroying all the, all the vitamins that are in the fruit. You don't do it that way. You know, the taste is important. Yes, but you don't, you don't want to rob the, you know, the, the consumer of, of the value that comes with, with, uh, these fruits, uh, you know, yes, there's sugar, of course, but you know, it's, you're not, you know, I guess I just didn't think of it as a drink that offered like, um, nutritional value before and she really kind of like had me rethink about like you know the how to how to preserve the lemon better and how to how to preserve the fruits to really like give that that uh um you know those vitamins uh with the drink and and really i think that's probably what makes it taste better you know, I, I I really do believe the quality of the fruit and the the that we use and the way we prep it. You can taste it when you drink it. Um, your body knows that uh, that it's because the, the the taste is much different than than what people expect. They they drink this lemonade and and the the look on their face is often shock, surprise. Uh, <laughs> so 
so yeah, you know, I, this whole process really did just start as kind of just a, a fun learning thing I can do with my boys. But, but when we started getting the sales and the enthusiasm is when I guess we started thinking like, okay, is, is this like a family business we want to do or we want to, you know, put real time into this and, and not just have it be a little project. Um, so that was, that was kind of like a whole thing too of us to, to really sit down and, and, and see, and, and the boys couldn't be more excited. I really like careful to, to not make them feel pressured or, or forced to do this. Um, so I think it's one of the best things that we've done that I've been able to do with them because we get to be out and, and work these events and work together and have family time. And, and it's interesting because it's, you know, we're, we're seeing a path for, for the future here. Um, we're still new. We still have a lot of plans. Um, but we're very excited. And, and I guess it's interesting to have this interview with you now. Uh, so I have something to look back on once we make these strides going forward. Yeah, not to mention you're probably going to come back on because I'm relentless at tracking people down and har- harassing them to come back on the podcast. So, <laughs> okay, there's that. No yeah, some people fall victim to it. Some people are like, "Yeah, no, one was enough," and um, but it's up to them. But I am gonna. I do like your story, and I think particularly because of your boys, we're talking about compounding legacy here. Your stepmom into you, and then you into your kids, and I think it's going to be important that we tell this story. Let's talk about how how do you go to market with your lemonade? Like, how do I get your lemonade? Okay, well, so there's two there's two thoughts I have here for this. Um, for one, I like the I like the pureness of the lemonade. I like I like that we don't have preservatives, we don't add concentrate. We um, it's all the best quality you can get. I know that if we if we take it to store storefront, um, the formula will have to change completely. Um, that being said, I, I I still am interested in going down that process eventually to kind of see what it would take. But to be honest, like I, I need some mentorship with that because I've I've attempted to look on my own to kind of get lab testing and how that works, and it it appears to be a very lengthy expensive process so i it's not something that i'm ready to look into now anyways because i am trying to keep it um more like at point of sale um so for now our our plan is to keep working these different markups or uh, markets and pop-ups um until we could you know we're saving currently to to eventually get a trailer or a small food truck um and grow it that way. Uh, you know, maybe down the line we work more events and to where this could be uh, maybe franchise model. Um, so as far as getting into the grocery store, I know that's just completely different. And I, I'm not sure if, if that's where we're going to go at, the, at, at this point. Yeah. I mean, you're really looking at a world that is... Um that you're going to need to do a high pressure processing, which is like you need to run lab tests and then you need to test shelf life for like 90 plus days, depending on how long it'll extend your shelf life. Um, and it's a juice. So I'm not sure if it goes beyond 90 days at a fresh point with no preservatives, but I know that HPP is a solution there and plastic bottling and it's a very complicated process. So I agree with you. Um, it is a revenue stream potentially down the road, particularly as you get more, um, f- maybe more flavors, maybe build the food truck. I don't know how many flavors you guys have. Maybe it's only one right now, but I've got to assume that you're thinking about that as well for variety. Um, and we could talk about that. But um, as I finish my point, it's 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 the right path because you need to generate a general audience and a general feedback before you go into a grocery store. Everyone really has this idea that the grocery store makes your business. And because you go in there, it's like winning something. But all they've done is you've paid for the candy part 
bar that gave you the golden ticket to go into the grocery store. Like you're paying to be in there. And if you don't have a following or a brand built by the time you're in the grocery store, it's not suddenly going to grow because you're in the grocery store. That's just not the way it works. And I, and I know everyone thinks like making it into Walmart or Kroger is the deal, the real deal, but there's thousands upon people. It's like everyone trying to be a singer or a musician going into these places. And if you don't build a brand first, it doesn't matter how good you can sing. It doesn't matter how good your food product is. So I agree with this mythology and what you're doing. And it's the long road, but I'm sorry, the only road to make it in food, just like in music, just like in sports, is it takes a long time of a lot of work starting at a young age sometimes and some things and other things just starting and getting started now and taking away the 10,000 hours or whatever it is. And so I really like this a lot. So um, let's continue. Um, Do you have any thoughts on what I just said first? No, no. And I, I I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. It's, and look, and and even with the bottling, like we had, uh, we had this farm stand store that wanted to hold the lemonade and they did and, and it sold. But what it came down to was, you know, my shelf life is not long. So it would have, I would have had to drive, you know, 45 minutes weekly to go and drop off these bottles. And, and then of course the store has to make their profit. So you're cutting your margins like big time. And, and, uh, because we were still using the fresh fruit and lemons, it was, you know, the cost is a lot for us. So it's just, it it didn't, it didn't make sense to, to kind of keep going down that line. And there are some lemonade businesses that I follow uh, that are doing it and it's, they're very impressive and, and uh, I hope to reach out to them eventually and hopefully they'll offer up some advice, but in in time, I don't want to like jump the gun and I don't like to start getting things processed when, unless it's time for that. Um, and, and so we've been working on this lemonade for the last, you know, going on two years. We're very comfortable with our, our process of making the lemonade and, and the different flavors we have. Uh, so the next thing is, is, uh, um, haven't announced it officially on the Instagram, but we're rolling out, uh, our food menu in the next two to three weeks. Um, so we'll be, we'll be selling, uh, corn dogs and cheese dogs along with our lemonade at the markets. Um, super excited for that. I love this. I, I love this. Yeah. And just that, just with the lemonade, I mean, I obsessed equal just as much with these corn dogs. So they're not just basic, you know, I, I can't tell you how many corn dogs I've, I've made. It was detrimental to my diet. Definitely. But <laughs> we were very happy with the, the turnout and, and just getting all the equipment and, and, and everything ready to roll it out. I used to hate corn dogs as a kid, actually, and I've grown to love them as an adult, which it's usually the reverse, I think. But I've like had this weird thing, like especially if it's like a really healthy, like a healthier version. I wouldn't say really healthy is a good way to term it, but like clean version. And like, like I love the the what's going on with the corn dogs and the hot dog industry and what you're doing, mm-hmm. and that's really cool. I like this a lot. So, one on a question: Are there uh, do you just have one kind of lemonade? Or are you just are you expanding upon other flavors? Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Oh yeah, no, we've experimented with with a lot of different flavors. Um, uh, so we started with our our original, just a classic lemonade, um, and then yeah, we always take probably three other flavors to go along with the original. I like I like to keep it around three or four. I've done like six flavors, but then we get to the thing where the people are just staring at the menu forever and they can't make a decision. Um, so a smaller menu is a little better from what I've seen. And, and right now probably our most popular drink that, that sells out first every time is the, uh, um, our pineapple dragon fruit lemonade. Um, so that's really like, Oh geez. Wow. I'm, I, I went into like, I felt like I leaped into the Guardians of the Galaxy or something. My mind just like exited stage left oh, when yeah. you said that. I'm just like, yeah. where, what, what's going on there? Like, how'd yeah, you come up with some incredible. of these flavors? Um, I like this a lot, actually. I would have never thought about that because it's always so traditional, like a raspberry or a strawberry or maybe even a blueberry, but it's not. Like, no, I, mean, I like this yeah. a lot. 
Yeah, we like fun flavors. Um, and really, it just it comes Can you down go through to, them again, all of them? And, and I like the one you just sure. did. Can you mention it again? Because I think it's important that it sticks with the audience. Um, yeah. And, go on. And, and uh, the way we came up with these really was just experimenting, right? We've, we've, we've mixed a bunch of different fruits together that do not mix well. Um, but uh, we just kept going after it, and some real stuck. Like the pineapple dragon fruit, not only does it, it tastes amazing, but it looks really cool too. Right? It's like a like a fun kind of purpley reddish like um okay so there's that one uh another one that we've been kind of you know depending on fe- uh, like the availability of the fruit right because i want to get the uh one like possible the seasonality direction. right of yeah. course so like um like when peaches are, are coming out and then we do a roasted peach um that one's delicious it's really fun we roast the peaches first and then we then we process them. Um, we have a strawberry kiwi. Uh, our berry drink that that we go with is called our cosmic mixed berry. So that's a combination of blueberries, blackberries, and strawberries. Um, we have our our mango passion fruit. Um, we did a uh, you know one time we did a a sweet tea watermelon lemonade. Um, so that, that one was actually by a special request for, for an event that we did, um, probably rolled that one back out to the menu and came out incredible. Um, so, so those are probably the, the, the more standout ones that, that get the higher numbers. Of course, we've tried like pink lemonade, um, strawberry lemonade, and those always do well, but, but I really want something that, that you cannot get anywhere. You know, granted, you're not going to get even the original anywhere because of the, the lemons and the sugar and the process that we use. Uh, but still, you're not you're not going to easily go into a store and get some of these flavors. So that's that's really what we're trying to is to make it as exclusive as possible. And, and, and it's fun. And it's funny because you've never been in New York, but you doing corn dogs and hot dogs as the complimentary thing, which makes sense. But talk to me about how you came to the corn dog and the hot dog as your menu items? Well, I guess uh, just looking for foods that, that go well with lemonade. Um, now, I know hot dog on a stick is is probably like a big, uh, something everyone thinks about with lemonade and, and uh, is a pairing for it. I, I've always just liked corn dogs. I like fresh corn dogs. You know, freshly dipped corn dogs. I don't. I never liked like the the ones that come in, that come frozen that you put in the microwave. But a, like a fresh one that you can get at the fair was always you know a treat. Or or when you go to Disneyland, that's always like, what yep. are you gonna eat at Disneyland? Like a, a corn dog is probably top five on people's list. Yes, um, they do dip them right there in Disney World. Also, they're phenomenal. Right. Phenomenal. And, and they have a big market over here at the Santa Anita racetrack. It's called the the six two six market. And uh, you know, we I've went there with the family a few times just to walk around and, and see what people are selling. And and uh, there's this there's this uh, business there that I I've been following. A big fan. They're they're called uh, Ghost Sticks, and um, they're they're selling the Korean corn dogs. And those are really popular right now. And and they always had by far the biggest line at every every time that they that we've been to the six two six. I'm not doing Korean corn dogs, uh, but but still, I they're they're popular right now. And that's not necessarily why we wanted to get into it, but but uh, they're also a motivator. I really like how they're handling their business. Yeah, I'm going to mentor you for a second, dude. Um, yeah. On the air, also. Uh, Here's what I'm going to say. You're in a blue ocean, okay? You happen to just stumble upon it, which is just entrepreneurial ingenuity. And I think you stumbled upon it because you're doing the right thing by your kids. And by doing the right thing for your kids and and investing in the next generation and not making it about you right now and making it about the future, you're on a godly path. And here's what I'm going to say. The corn dog and the hot dog doesn't have a franchise market right now. 
Okay, not a, not attached to the lemonade, not doing what you're doing. Okay, no one's going to be able to do what you're doing. I guarantee you, as far along as you are with what you've already done with the lemonade and that you've tied your whole family together, you have a superpower and you're like the Incredibles. I want you to put this in your head right now and anchor it as a family. That's why I'm telling you, I'm going to anchor your superpower right now. You're the Incredibles. Okay, yes, sir. Thank I you. want you to think about that. And I know you know the movie I'm talking about. There's two of them. Of course. (laughs) And, okay, and so that's what you have to do. Your superpower is this new thing in spreading positivity into the world through food. Food is your vehicle. Where you're also in, and you know what a blue ocean is from being in the Coast Guard, meaning you're going where no one else is, okay? No one else is there, but it's full of fish maybe, and it's full of opportunity because no one else is there. Like, it's open waters, And eventually, if you stay there long enough, by just staying there and doing your thing and staying positive, you're going to attract other boats to your blue ocean, okay? Which means you're probably going to have mimics and some of these other people in Lemonade are going to get into food also. But you're staying true to something that no one else is doing, okay? And I'm going to continue this this concreting, okay? I'm going to put it down the creative path. Is you have an opportunity to do what people are doing with corn dogs or doing with other foods like chicken and waffles, okay? Mm-hmm, the corn mm-hmm. dog in its traditional cornbread and hot dog is just the tradition, right? There's mm-hmm. nothing saying that I can't take a bratwurst, you know, or an Italian sausage and dip it in a material that's like Italian bread and fry it also or a croissant-like material, okay? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you have an ability to branch out and create a franchise and create a concept and create sauces and create lemonades that are in food trucks across the board, okay? Maybe even Mm -hmm. to restaurants and maybe even items that sublet out of that, like the sauces, like the lemonades that eventually do make it into the consumer packaged good business. But I'm anchoring this because... If everything's focused around growing, doing it in a positive way, staying true to the earth, which you're doing yeah. also, which is why I believe you're in this blue ocean, yeah. is what's what's it going to take to regenerate our planet? What's it going to take to use the right animals in doing this? What's it going to take to use the right products? Okay, and normally I don't do this on the air, but you like I want to just push you a little bit because I can hear the hesitation, but I'm like, dude, you and your family are on the right path. Just like in The Incredibles, the, the father can get a little lost because he's always the leader and he's in the front sometimes and he's trying to drive this bus. We get lost. We don't realize how important we are as the male and as the, the head of this entrepreneur journey, even if it's a female. I'll say female, but I'm relating to a male right now because I am male. That's all I can relate to. And um, the... Um, the journey is good and you guys got to keep going and i love this idea and i think you should anchor the food truck thing and i think yes it's about the lemonade and it's about the things that complement the lemonade but within that hot dog sausage even like a pancake battered breakfast sausage like you're all in that space even with like a fresh squeezed lemon orange juice for breakfast like you're able to start and I'm just planting seeds. I'm not saying to do these things. I'm just giving no, you're, you're, ideas. You've actually you've actually mentioned a few things that are on the list. <laughs> cool. And yeah. so if I'm saying them to you, right, this is yeah. God speaking through me and validating the things in the journey he's trying to put you on and saying, hey, man, your plan is starting to align with my plan, right? Mm-hmm. Will, my will, your will, however you want to look at it. To me, it's planning. It's just easier for me because I'm a structured person. And... um so I like this a lot. Um Thank and, you. and it's one of the reasons I keep hunting you down. Like I'm like, <laughs> okay, like there's more yeah. to this. I feel it. I feel the energy from it. Yeah. So what is it that you're hoping the future brings? I mean, not just the concrete things. Like we talked about food trailers and consumer packaged goods but let's talk about the incredibles part like what is it that's growing in your family as you do this how are your sons growing and what is it that you're hoping that they get out of this i mean let's talk about just the growth of being around this and doing a business like this but let's also talk about what you're hoping they'll get out of this as parents i mean first and foremost the the boys you know i'm very I keep them very busy, uh, sometimes too busy, and I have to be very careful about, you know, how 
how much I push them. Um, you know, they, they're, they, uh, they work really hard at school. They get good grades. They, they're involved in, in the Boy Scouts. They're, they've been involved in jujitsu since they were very little. Um, you know, so now they, they both play multiple instruments. Uh, so all that plus this business, there's been a lot to juggle. Um, especially cause I know that consistency is what's going to get us where we want to be, but sometimes it's hard, you know, consistency and everything else. Right. So, so I just, uh, I just hope that, that these experiences, you know, help, help them in life, um, help, help them learn, you know, how to network, how to, how to speak to people, how to, um, have a good mentality as being an employee, being an employer, um, willing to do more, uh, willing to, to fulfill your duty and to, to give passion in what, what you want to do. Now, if, if this business takes us to, to, to new heights and it's something that they want to pursue in their career when they get older, I would love that. I would love to continue to work with them. But if they if they choose to go on to other careers, I would still hope that this business is exceed, excelling to give them, um, I guess, some sort of uh, um, birthright, some kind, of, if if you would call it, some something to to always have to look back on, you know, because uh, working a family business would be a dream for me to get the, to be able to be close to them, but I want them first and foremost to do what they want to do. Um, but this has, for me, uh, I always thought that I would maybe get a franchise business, uh, following my mom's footsteps. That's what she did. Uh, you know, when you're leaving the military, they try to encourage you to, to maybe consider a franchise because, because our training goes really well with being a business owner. Um, so I would love to be able to, to build this into something big one day. Uh, I, I always had passions of going to school and becoming a, you know, maybe a medical professional or, or uh, something along that line because of my military training. But truthfully, you know, being able to work for myself um, and influence other people with, with my business and, and help them the way my mom has. That's the goal. That really is the goal. I, it's, it's taken me a long time in life to figure out what, what I want, what would make me happy. And, and truthfully being my own boss, uh, is what I want. Uh, currently I, I, I still have a full-time job, so I have to do all this on the side. Um, one day I'm going to have to make that leap and, and go all in. Um, I've had people encourage me to do that already. Uh, although I believe, you know, I believe just work as hard as you can until it makes sense. And it just doesn't completely make sense yet. And if I just have to push myself more then then that's what we're going to continue to do until it makes sense. I love this. Thank you so much. I'm definitely going to be reaching out to you to come back on the podcast for sure. Um, (laughs) and, and Normally, I would keep going because there's so much energy here, but I purposely want us to try to get back on um, in a couple weeks and just further some of the conversation and let some of this conversation sink in and then revisit some of the points on leadership and core values and some of the things we talked about, family legacy, and some of your product ideas because I think that in this particular case, I can help you and I'll volunteer my time as well as... Uh, bring me back on the podcast so we can do this. I am familiar with this space, so and I, I just I do have some time on my hands that I can can help um, and and just guide you, like because it's really inside of you. I just ask a lot of questions and I just do a lot of guidance and I plant a lot of seeds, and then it's up to you what to do with them. Sometimes you're like, yeah, I'm not going to water that seed, but I have this seed that looks just like yeah, I'm going to plant that one, and I think that that's what this is about. The other thing is, 
I think you're on a trajectory that's about to change right now that I just want to capture with your family. And it's not going to be something that you'll see the results immediately. But I think in the as people say, the insides change like three to five years before the outside changes in the human. I think we're starting to see that change. And it's like yeah. the inside is changing. Now the outside's going to start to make make the strides in the change. And I just want to um, mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. through that and talk about it with you and actually discuss it on the podcast, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, because you, you hit it on the nose. Like, I've definitely gone through a lot of struggle. Uh, leaving the military was, was a whole book in itself and and that how all that all played out and and you know if it wasn't for the support of of my family my fiance my kids my my dad my uncle you know these these people in my life my my best friend uh if it weren't for these people i i would have been a lost cause you know definitely definitely life got it got so challenging to where I needed these people to lift me up. And, and, and now I just, I just have the energy and motivation to, to repay them and to, and just to, to build the life that my kids deserve, you know, and I thank you for any kind of mentorship you can give and, and yeah, we're going to keep pushing. Yeah. And I think that you're just, you have a a very unique family situation that in a mindset with your fiance and with your kids. And, um, that's truly something that's going to take you a long way. And I do like that. You do realize that it's, we have a network of people that help keep us lifted and we give positivity in the world, but we also receive it. And I think that that's just part of the balance and we need, we can't just give everything and not expect to receive anything like we have to be receivers also mm-hmm. yeah. and that's hard sometimes especially yeah. with hardship or childhood or watching our parent be like the most work ethic person ever and it's hard to live up to that and they seem to accomplish everything on their own and it's like why can't I do that right. and um, and I think there's some of that but um, but the difference is, is they're focused on what they can achieve and we tend to be more open-minded and because of the internet and things like that we just have way more ability to think big which means that our focus and our dreams just tend to be bigger and more focused and more family oriented interestingly where our parents were like no 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 don't get in the family business go get a normal safe job and it was like that type of thing but for us we're like no we want to compound the legacy of entrepreneurship and freedom and what it means to be an entrepreneur because just like you wanted to serve your country i think entrepreneurs we're serving free markets we're serving freedom and we're building the freedom to build your own legacies all around the world by being entrepreneurs and in the united states we're the spear the the very tip of that spear or that arrowhead and cutting the flesh in entrepreneurism it's important that no different than being in the military and serving our country, we serve our countries and we serve the world by actually being entrepreneurs in the positive right way and growing family legacies and regenerating our planet and instilling values and and good positive mental attitudes in the future generation, not necessarily our kids, but our team members, the, the individuals that work in our businesses, the vendors and the clients. And that's what's important. And that's what I want everyone to really take away from this episode. So thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can DM us or text that phone number if you want to be on the show or have questions for the entrepreneurs. Uh, lastly, this is a food entrepreneur show. This is not one of these shows where we take high ranking individuals uh, and entrepreneurs that have made it and really made it that are the 1% of the entrepreneurship like food entrepreneurs there's lots and lots and lots and lots of us and we're all trying to make it and we're all providing for families and building legacies and building future generations and food entrepreneurs we actually compound our effect into our children or into the the individuals who work in our businesses that we instill um 
ourselves into like are our children. Because as entrepreneurs, we generally don't only see people as employees, um, humans. I just... We have a general care that's greater. Sometimes it gets jaded and the entrepreneur goes down the right, wrong path and it becomes a money transaction. But I think true entrepreneurs see that it's instilling long-term value in the individuals and you're building character, not just an employee. So I want to leave everyone with that as well. So thank you everyone very much and we're out. <laughs>